Ladies and gentlemen, this is the Relationship Center on the Edify Podcast Network. I'm glad you've joined in. My name is Ernest Wamboye, and we are continuing with our series on the Book of Philippians. I pray that this series has been a blessing to you. If you've not been following the series, I ask you to, and I urge you to go back to the previous six uh, episodes and just catch up. We've been doing an exposition on the Book of Philippians, and we are... Uh, learning wonderful things from this letter. I, I believe it's a prison epistle that Paul wrote from prison to uh, the Philippian church, uh, a wonderful church that supported him, a wonderful church that he that he loved so dearly. And um, it's a wonderful book. I've grown to like it as one of my favorite books. And in fact, I have memorized the entire book, Philippians chapter 1, uh, 2, 3, and 4. I've memorized the entire book in the NIV 1984. And remember, we are doing all this as we gear up towards the Logos Festival. We're going to have a festival in the month of June where we're going to celebrate the Word of God. We want the Word of God as it's written to us, as the presented to us in the Bible to be celebrated. We want to take back, um, want, to, want, want to bring back biblical literacy, want to make biblical literacy great again. <laughs> make biblical literacy great again. Make people understand the, the ancient truths of scripture. Um, we live in a world where there's so much biblical illiteracy. Uh, we live in a world where people are so biblically illiterate. People don't know the word of God. And that's because they don't read the word of God. They don't hear the word of God. They don't study the word of God. They don't memorize the word of God. They don't they, they don't meditate on the word of God. And so the Logos Festival is going to be a time where we're going to celebrate the word of God, challenge men and women to submit to the word of God. We're going to have expositions, Bible trivia. Mm-hmm. We're going to have... Uh, uh, Logos, the ultimate Bible board game that we've invented in the ministry. We're going to have a wonderful time. So please look forward to that. That's coming soon. We're going to give you more uh, details as we go on. So back to the book of Philippians. Uh, we are approaching the end and now we are on verse 20. I'm going to quote uh, verse 20 uh, down perhaps to verse 26. Perhaps uh, I believe that's what we'll cover today. If we do need more, I'll, I'll quote the rest of the chapter. So uh, what does it say? It says, um, I eagerly expected hope that I will in no way be ashamed, but will have sufficient courage, so that now, as always, Christ will be exalted in my body, whether by life or by death. For to me to live is Christ, and to die is gain. If I am to go on living in the body, this will, mo- this will mean fruitful labor for me. Yet what shall I choose? I do not know. I am torn between the two. I desire to depart and be with Christ, which is better by far, but it is more necessary for you that I remain in the body. Convinced of this, I know that I will remain and will continue with all of you for your progress and joy in the faith, so that through my being with you again, your joy in Christ Jesus will overflow on account of me. Um, I've memorized this thing, so I'm just tempted to go on. I've got a few verses left. Let me just let me just complete it. I've got a few verses left. It goes on to say, uh, but whatever happens, whatever happens, rather, uh, conduct yourself in a manner worthy of the gospel of Christ. Then, whether I come and see you or only hear about you in my absence, I will know that you stand firm in one faith, contending as one man for the faith of the gospel, um, without being frightened in any way by those who oppose you. This is a sign to them that they will be destroyed, but that you will be saved, and that by God. For it has been granted to you on behalf of Christ, not only to believe on him, but also to suffer for him. Since you're going through the same struggle you saw I had, and now hear that I still have. That's Philippians 
uh, I believe I quoted from verse, was it from verse 20? Yes, from verse 20 all the way down to the final verse, verse 30, 10 verses. Uh, it's a wonderful book and I urge you to memorize it as well. So last time we got to verse 19 where Paul was talking about uh, men and women who stepped out to boldly and courageously preach the gospel. Some were for him, some loved him, some, some loved the gospel, some loved the church, some loved Jesus Christ and they did it for the sake of, 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 of those establishments and for the sake of Paul. Um, some some didn't. Some did it out of selfish ambition. Some saw this as an opportunity to enrich themselves, uh, get themselves on a platform, elevate themselves. Uh, they still preached the gospel, but they did it uh, out of selfish ambition. And Paul says, it doesn't matter. Let them preach it anyway, because he rejoices. The word of God goes out. And I think that's very scary. Come to think about it. I know, I know we're going from verse 20, but let me just go back to the previous verses, verse 19, uh, 15 to 19. Isn't it interesting that people can preach the gospel out of selfish ambition, that they are not really convinced by it? They are not really, they don't really believe in it. They're only doing it for selfish ambition. Maybe they're doing it for money. Maybe they're doing it for, for, for fame. Maybe they're doing it for power. Maybe they're doing it for competition, but they really don't hold true to the message of the gospel. It, and and that, that's a sign that they've not been transformed by it in the first place. Isn't that interesting that you can have established ministries by people who don't believe the ministry, who don't believe in the ministry? Isn't that scary? Isn't that scary? Because that means that a pastor can lead a church and yet he himself is not going to heaven. Isn't that scary? Because it means a man or a woman can preach the gospel and yet he himself is not there for um, the, the <coughs> excuse me for the right motives. All right. Isn't that isn't that interesting? Sorry, my just got something in my throat. So um, it reminds me of a friend of mine who. Um, when he was in the university, he was invited to, he, he, he decided to attend a beach party that was happening at the Kenyan coast uh, in Mombasa, and he boarded the wrong bus. <laughs> and the bus that he boarded happened to be the Christian Union bus that was going to northern Kenya to do missions. And by the time he woke up, he fell asleep in the bus. I think he had a hangover the previous day, if I, if, if I remember correctly. But he was blacked out, and he, he blacked out for most of the trip in the bus. And when he woke up, to his shock and detriment, he didn't see the ocean. <laughs> he saw the northern arid part of Kenya. And he was shocked that he had gone there to preach the gospel. And he said, oh, no, take me back. And so, no, 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 we can't go back. It's several hours, and we are here. And, man, he was so frustrated. And he was forced to join the team. He was told, hey, you're here with us. You might as well do what we do. And he said, what do you guys do to preach the gospel? He was so irritated. He was not a Christian. He, he didn't even know the gospel. And so he was taught how to do it. And so he memorized the whole thing. He memorized the whole thing and he said, you know what? I'm going to do this thing. Get out of here. Go back home because I've paid for a trip and I need a refund and I'm so frustrated. And so he went out uh, two by two with the rest of the Christian Union team and he preached the gospel to this old woman in Amanyata. And the old woman gave her life to Christ. The old woman was brought to tears and she gave her life to Christ. And what an amazing thing that uh, Christ can use that unbeliever to, to, to pass on of the preacher <laughs> that the gospel was preached. Isn't it interesting? I, 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 think it's, I think it's really interesting. I really think it's amazing because um, you realize that God can use a donkey to proclaim his message. Like he did in the book of Numbers. He literally used a donkey. God can use someone with the wrong motives to do the right thing. 
And it's interesting that that very messenger who's preached the gospel will be judged by that very gospel. Now, to the to, to the benefit of my friend, he did give his life to Christ much later. But isn't it interesting that uh, there are people who run ministries that they do not know the Lord? It would be, therefore, a surprise. Well, it will be a surprise, but it wouldn't be too much of a shocker that when Christ comes back, many people with colors, many people call themselves ministers, many people who are on stage, many people who are serving in the church will not be part of Christ's kingdom. Why? Because they are there for other motives. I just thought that was very interesting to, to note before we go into verse 20. So he goes on to say in verse 20, I eagerly expect and hope that I will in no way be ashamed, but will have sufficient courage so that now as always Christ be exalted in my body, whether by life or by death. So Paul realizes that um, where he is, he may die. And why will he die? He will die because he is standing for the truth of the gospel and he asks for courage. He's been intimidated. And I believe this is a lesson for us as believers, that when we're intimidated by the world, we need to ask for courage. The world lacks courageous Christians. The world lacks bold Christians. The, lack, the world lacks men and women who will stand up and say, hey, that is wrong. That is not right. That is not acceptable. We shall not stand by that. And we are Christians. The world needs men and women who are courageous and say abortion is wrong. It's a sin. It's murder. Who will say homosexuality is a sin. It is not natural. We need men and women of courage. But we live in a world where the enemy has made believers fearful. And many believers have a spirit of fear. And Paul understands that that fear can get to him and it can control him. So what does he say? He says, Lord, give me courage, sufficient courage. And what's the sufficient courage leading to? Making a decision of life or death. That even when it comes to life or death, that Paul may die courageously. That he will not be found shaken as a leaf as death comes his way. He says, with life, Courage. Courage to do what? Courage to preach the gospel. Courage to preach, to preach the truth. Courage to stand firm. Courage to say, this is the way, the truth, and the life. Courage to say that it is Jesus who is the savior of the all mankind. People will get mad. People will say all those things. But Lord, give me courage to speak the truth. And this should be our prayer. Lord, as long as we are alive, give us courage to stand for you. Give us courage to stand for the word of God. Are you a courageous person? Or are you a coward? Are you a coward? You know, one of the people who are mentioned in the book of Revelation as those who, who are locked out of the kingdom of God are the cowardly. Why are they cowardly? Because they are afraid to make a decision for Christ. They want to be politically correct. And so they cannot submit to Christ Jesus for salvation. They're cowardly, afraid. Friends, Jesus was no coward. And as long as we have life, like Jesus has life, Jesus had life when he was on his earthly, in his earthly form, um, we need to be courageous like him. And Paul was that kind of courage. Courage, that kind of courageous man. But on the flip side, he says, I'm still going to pray for courage in case it results in death. That should they say, we are ending this man. We are killing him. Lord, give me courage. Let me die with my head high. Let me remember that death is not the end. Death is the beginning. Give me courage. I want to be like Paul. I want to be courageous in life. I want to be courageous in death. I don't want to be a wimp in life and a wimp in death. I don't want to be a simp in life and a simp in death. I don't want to be one who gives up where the stakes are high and gives up where the stakes are gone. I want to be one who will be courageous in life or in death. And so you must ask yourself, are you living a courageous life? If you're not living a courageous life, you're not living a worthy Christian life. Your Christian life ought to be courageous. 
And if death comes your way, the question is, are you prepared to understand the eternity that we stand for as Christians? That death is not the end. And it goes on to say in verse 21, classic, powerful Christian verse that almost every believer knows, Philippians 1.21, for to me to live is Christ and to die is gain. Look at that. This courage makes me gain perspective that if I live, I live for Christ and his cause. If I die, I gain. What do I gain? Eternal life. Reward for my labor. Courage makes you see God's will more clearly. Courage enables you to see God's purpose clearly. Courage enables you to get eternal perspective. But if you're fearful, you'd never see God's perspective. By the way, when you look throughout scripture, fearful men and women never saw God's will. Men and women who did things out of fear never did God's will. They often compromised and they did the will of their flesh or the will of Satan. Out of fear, righteous men and women decided to act and that acting out brought about chaos. But courageous men and women stood firm. Courageous men and women stood firm and said, to live is Christ. We're going to live for his cause. To die is gain. We're going to get rewarded. And then look at what he says in verse 22. And this is our opportunity for us to really evaluate our lives. He says, uh, if I have to go and live in the body, meaning if I live, this will mean fruitful labor for me. And this is what is motivating his courage. That if I go on living, if they don't kill me, if they keep me alive, this is good news. I get to preach the gospel. I get to do another round. I get to do another trip. I get to do another evangelism journey. I get to reach out to more souls. What a wonderful thing if they keep me alive. If they keep me alive, my if, if, if they keep me alive, the, the cause of Christ will benefit. Friends, I don't know if you can say that about your life. That you being alive, you being alive, okay, is an asset to the kingdom of God. Is you being alive an asset to the cause of Christ? Just by virtue of you existing, is the kingdom of hell threatened? That's what Paul is saying. Paul is saying, if they keep me alive, fruitful labor for me. More work, more work. Kingdom of hell will be stressed. When you wake up in the morning, does the kingdom of hell quake? Does the kingdom of hell say, oh no, oh no, she's up again. Oh, rats, he's up again. Because they know you're bringing in the competition. That your life is not for yourself. Your life is not your own. Your life is God's. And as long as you're alive, you are populating heaven and you are depopulating hell. You are bringing in an asset. You are bringing in uh, uh, rewards. And you are bringing in profit for the kingdom of God. You are an asset. Paul is saying, if I go on living... I'm going to be an asset to the gospel. And then listen to what he says. Okay. Um, yet what shall I choose? I do not know. So he says, oh my goodness, what if I'm brought down to choose? What if I have to stay on living, become an asset to the gospel, become a threat to the enemy's camp? What if I had a choice? What? Listen to what he says. What should I, shall I choose? Choose between what? Between living and dying. He says, I do not know. What kind of man is that? <laughs> he says, I don't know. I don't know if I want to die. I don't know if I want to live. If most of us are given the choice, you want to die or do you want to live? We'll say, I want to live. Why do you want to live? For yourself. Paul says, if you ever hear me say, I want to live, it is not for myself. It is for the gospel. It is so that I can become an asset to the kingdom of God. But then 
he says he desires death. And Paul is not suicidal. Don't get him wrong. Listen to what he says in verse 23. I am torn between the two. Between what two? Between dying and living. Listen to what he says. I desire to depart and be with Christ, which is better by far. He's saying, oh my goodness, if it came to choosing between dying and living, let me die. Going and Because if I die, this is what will happen. I will be with Christ, which is better by far, which is better than all the trouble I'll face in this earth. I'd rather die. Let me be in the arms of my Savior. I'll be done with suffering. I'll be done with taxes. I'll be done with poverty. I'll be done with disease. I'll be done with this stinking planet. I'll be done with its temptations, with its pressures, with its pleasures. I'll be done and I'll be with Christ. Oh, happy day. Paul has an assurance of salvation. I wonder if you have an assurance of salvation. Do you have an assurance of salvation? Do you have the assurance of salvation that if you die, you're going to be with Christ, which is better by far? And Paul's assurance of salvation is not because of his works. It's because of who Jesus is. And his obedience is proof of his faith in Christ Jesus. His obedience does not grant him eternal life. But rather, his obedience is proof of having had eternal life in the first place. And he says, if I die today, I'm going to be with Christ. And I'm convinced of that, and which is better by far. But listen to what he says, verse 24. But it is more necessary for you that I remain in the body. He says, Philippians, let me not die. Why? Because we need more assets for the gospel. <laughs> Paul says, oh, well, the work is a lot. And I guess I'll stay. I guess I'll stay. So that for your sake, for your sake, so that you guys get to understand how to live out this life. For your sake, for your sakes, I'll remain in the body. If I had a choice, I'd go to heaven, but for your sakes, I'll remain in the body. And look at what he says, verse 25. Convinced of this, I know that I will remain. <laughs> she says, Oh, okay, I think it's God's will for me to remain. God, God wants me as an asset in the kingdom of God. Paul is not saying this proudly, he's saying this humbly. He's basically saying, I've surrendered all my life. I've given up my dreams. I've given up my law degree. I've given up my accolades. I've given up my titles. I've given up all that I have. And much later, when you get to chapter 3, you're going to hear him talk about giving up all those things. I've given up all these things. So when he's saying he's an asset to the kingdom of God, and it's much better that he stays alive, he's not boasting, saying, oh, wow, I am so important. I'd rather stay alive. No, he's actually saying, guys, I've given up everything. I've given up marriage. I've decided I won't marry. Why? So that I can be and asset to the kingdom of God. I have surrendered my life. Paul is not talking from the position of a boss. He's talking from the position of a servant. And he's saying, for your sake I'll remain. Is he saying, for your sake I'll remain so that I can be a boss over you and show you how to do this thing because you guys are so horrible? No. He's saying, I will remain behind so that I can serve you. And he says, I will continue with all of you for your progress on joining the faith. Look at that. Even his remaining... Is not just an asset to the kingdom of God through the for, for the for the winning of souls, but it is also for the growth of other believers. And so again, I must ask you, believers, you are listening. Is your being alive an asset to the kingdom of God through the bringing in of souls? And two, is your other way of being an asset to the kingdom of God uh, the progression and joy of the faith of other believers? Can it be said that because you're alive, there are believers who are progressing in their joy and faith? Can it be said that because you're alive, Christian maturity is happening in one corner of the world? Can people say, if it wasn't for this person who is alive, my Christian faith would not have grown? Could it be said of you that there's progress and there's joy in the faith of others because you're alive? Could your death, could your death be something to mourn about? 
Because when you die, yes, you'll be with Christ, but that would mean there'll be no more progress and joy and faith in the lives of many believers. Paul says, guys, if I remain alive, if I stay alive, there's going to be progress and joy in the faith of many Christians. And he says, so that through my being with you again, your joy in Christ Jesus will overflow on account of me. He's saying, you guys will be, you'll overflow with joy because I'll remain to serve you. And he says, the credit will be mine on account of me. On account of me, what is he saying? Christ will reward me for it. Evaluate your life, believers. Evaluate your life. Is your life an asset to the kingdom of God? Or would no one miss you if you are gone? Friends, remember we will stand before the Lord and we will be judged. Far be it that you become like the man who buried his talent and say to the father, I know that you are a harsh man. Be like Paul. Let your life have an impact to the kingdom of God. Be an asset to the kingdom of God. Let your being alive trigger the enemy. Let your being alive bring progress and joy to the faith of many believers. And let your death bring Christ joy. Because the Bible says, believe it's in Psalm 115, that precious in the sight of the Lord is the death of his saints. May your death be precious. And when you go, may it be said, it was far necessary that he remained in the body, not that he went. But we do release him, good and faithful servant. And may the same be said by Christ on the other side. Ladies and gentlemen, that's it for today. My name is Anes Wamboye, and you're listening to the uh, Relationship Center podcast on the Edify Podcast Network. For this and more great podcasts that will build your faith, please head over to www.edify.app, that is E-B-I-F-I.app, or you could also search for the Edify app on the Google or the Apple Play Store. We'll see you next time.